Welcome everyone back to another episode of Bike Shop Boyfriend. I'm your host Dustin. I am just getting my head wrapped around the new UI or user interface uh, slash look of uh, the Anchor.fm app here. Um, just reading online of the different upgrades and features that they are now using. I'm very, very excited to see how it uh influences my creativity in terms of making the content that uh, this channel is all about. So on that note, uh, just like to give a big shout out to anchor.fm. Thank you. Um, on with the show. All right. So as you may have heard in a previous episode with uh, Alex, he had no idea what he was going to call his pro team, uh, <laughs> but now he's finally got it. Alex? Ikea. It's pretty solid. Hey everyone, it is Bike Shop Boyfriend here on a Saturday. Um, due to the new format of Anchor.fm's uh, user interface here and uh, how it looks and all that, I'm actually able to save um, certain edits of the show and sort of edit and negotiate how they come about for the episodes that are going to be published. Um, so this is, as mentioned, Saturday, and I woke up pretty early to watch Umlop Het Nusblad. I am so bad at Dutch, um, but was watching it. You wake up early, you make some coffee. It's 6.30ish, and I'm watching Dutch um, TV, won't say how, because uh, it is illegal. And, uh, but I was watching it and it was live and, uh, just watching the remaining 40 kilometers of the race go down two big takeaways is one, the women's finale looked amazing from the photos and the Twitter read. Um, so it's, I think very interesting one that I actually get some information from that. Uh, and actually consume a race via Twitter newsfeed. It's almost like old ticker tape uh, shoutouts kind of thing. So, uh, so I think that's kind of cool. And then two, like they didn't televise any of that women's race. So that's a big, big, I feel let down. Even though they fielded the exact same race, I feel that they should have maybe shown the women's race. That would have been amazing because um, it looked like an amazing photo finish. Um and a very deserving winner for that race. And then for the men's race, uh, watching the remaining 40K, um, they go over the mirror, uh, which is this fabled steep climb that runs up this ascent right next to a church. Um, it was often featured for the Tour of Flanders, and there was a big decisive breakaway of big guys going to go, like getting away. Um, some of my favorites and my picks that I had on Twitter um, were in that break, which was great to see. I'm going, yes, all right, my predictions are going to come true. I'm a genius here. And then they started playing grab ass really with each other of you go, no, you go, no, you go. And then finally Astana's uh, Michael Valgren took off on a flyer. And they all start looking at each other as if, no, after you, no, after you, no, I insist after you. And so five seconds go by and that was the winning move. Um, it was the one reason why I find certain teams and 
the mentality of modern racing so frustrating at, at times. Um, yes, I understand like the tactics of not wasting your energy, but there is no other day to race. Like you got to wait another year now to take on Umla. So with that being said, it's one of those things that uh, I was just absolutely frustrated with. Kudos to Astana. They're going through some money woes, apparently. Um, and, you know, I don't really like to hear of possibly someone losing their job. Um, it's one of those things that is, uh, yeah, you just don't want to see the teams fold. I am not an Astana fan to begin with. Um I've never really quite enjoyed that team, even though with Contador on the team, he's by far one of my favorite riders to watch. Um, but yeah, I never really found that team all that great uh, in terms of how it's structured, organized, uh, the ethos behind the team, and who's running the team. Most of all, is like my biggest uh, point of contention there. But I will say that. Um, Kudos to Michael Valgren. He's a very talented rider, uh, deserved win, a bit of an outsider who won this one. But uh, it just shows that uh, a lot of these guys, when they are racing, just don't have the racing tactical acumen to pull the trigger when they need to. Um, and they look for someone else to give them the win. It's one of those, like, you got to go out and take it, dude. Like, that's the way this works. Like, I... Ah! It's frustrating. I can't even talk about it anymore. I'm just going to end that there. Yeah, that's a good idea. All right, so what's new in the bike shop this week? Um, last week, we received our order of Oakley, uh, the eyeglass, or eyewear, I should be saying, uh, eyewear specialists. Um, they are now jumping in to the head protection forum and space uh, for road cycling. Um, they're not doing an off-road helmet as of yet. We do have indications that they will be going into that realm soon enough, but they are going into the road helmet uh, sphere slash realm, competing against the big boys, Specialized, Giro, Bontrager. Um, I'm forgetting a whole bunch of other ones, Bell helmets, uh, to name just a few. But... Uh, we, I got my hands on the ARO5, also known as the Aero5. Um, it's an interesting, very interesting, kind of polarizing uh, aesthetic-looked helmet. Um, teams like uh, Dimension Data as well as Team Katusha Alpeson, they're both using them at uh, the moment. And I got a chance to try on this helmet. And I will say that the form feature... Again, very polarizing, but it does have quite a few big vents onto it. So I can see it being a very cool uh, aero induction-based uh, helmet. So it's going to move that air across your scalp very nice and comfortably, hopefully. Um, and the retention system of actually how it hangs onto your head is very, very interesting. It's actually using a BOA system. So it's a very thin Kevlar cable uh, going around the crown of your skull. And... Um, it's a single hand ratchet uh, forwards and back, uh, ready, righty tighty, lefty loosey type maneuver there, and it holds on very very well, I should say. Um, and the ear strap pieces that go just below your earlobe, um, those are a fixed one. They're very similar to Specialized uh, in how they construct their Prevail as well as Evade helmets. Um, 
there's no adjustability. So if you have a slightly taller skull, uh, it might not be your best friend in terms of customizing it and tailoring it for how it's supposed to fit you. So do keep that in mind for that particular helmet. I will also say too that the headlast, although it features uh, the MIPS system in there, which I really like for forward thinking, um, actually is a very, uh, if you have an oblong, like the the width of your the front of your skull is very similar to the width in the back of your skull, um, and there's not much change in transition, so more rectangular if that's a good visual aid for you. You'll find it's uh, if you have that head shape, it's gonna fit you like a glove. Um, however, if you are like myself, um, I have more of an almond-shaped crown, uh, as that part of the skull is known, and that particular feature is very much creating a whole bunch of pressure points actually on the side of my skull and it's very uncomfortable um i'm gonna try i usually wear a size medium for most of my helmets i'm gonna try a uh, size large just to see if that's actually a better fit uh and so i'm gonna resolve hopefully the fit issue on that front there um it is a more premium priced helmet and so do take that into account the nice thing is that the vents on the helmet are really suited for Oakley's eyewear product. Um, flip it upside down, throw it in the vents. I did it three times and I didn't find any sort of, uh, it felt very natural and intuitive, I should say. But having ridden bikes for quite a while uh, and worn helmets and actually put my eyewear in the vents of the helmet, I find that it's... Uh, not much of a trouble to begin with. So, but they do give you quite a bit of landing space there to uh, get those glasses into your helmet very quickly should you need to. So, those are my thoughts on the Oakley Aero 5. So, overall, this week, uh, I've noticed one big thing is that the previous week I condensed my entire trainer road workouts into three days. And it was the cumulative effect of doing an entire week's worth of workouts into three days. Now, that may have totally used all my gunpowder to try and get it on to doing all the workouts for this week. So, long story short, this week became a recovery week uh, off the bike. Uh, I had no ability to get up early to do a rising grind. Um... I needed sleep. I was feeling just so behind the eight ball. My legs felt dead. Um, and actually going through a bit of a menu journal that I've been keeping, uh, I do suffer from a uh, stomach ailment, uh, IBS, for those of you that know what that is. Um, that's what I suffer from. But I noticed that I have been lacking uh, proper fats actually in my diet. And, and by diet, I don't mean something that I'm following in terms of a paleo diet or anything like that. Um, it's just my dietary regime, I should be calling it. So what I'm eating is something that doesn't have, it's all lean meats. And with that, I'm actually missing a good amount of the fats in my diet. And with that, it's, um, yeah, I think somewhat affecting my recovery and my ability to, uh, just recover properly I would say and also um, I haven't touched caffeine in a while I had a bit of a stomach issue in terms of cramping and full-on uh, I call them spells where you're just pretty debilitated um, 
so I haven't touched caffeine in a long while, and I feel that's been playing a bit of a part in me uh, feeling motivated in the mornings. Caffeine is a slight motivator for me to uh, the process of making coffee for myself uh, and enjoying a cup is uh, part of the ritual, I will say, for waking up in the mornings. So I just wanted to share that little bit of info and insight into uh, my training regime. But otherwise, I feel pretty good um, going into the next week, very motivated, Um, had some great chats with the guys uh, for our gravel ride. Um, And actually, gravel section coming up next. I just had an idea. Oh, that was good coffee. Um, Just enjoying some Phil and Sebastian here. They're the coffee roasters of uh, the coffee that I'm really enjoying right now. Um, I'll talk about that maybe some other time. But uh, hashtag gravel section coming up. Uh, So with this, I was going to say looking over the geometries of certain bikes, I think I'm actually going to pull the gun on getting my hands on... Uh, a Norco uh, Search XR Um, going over in my head talking with numerous uh, aficionados of how I ride they've seen me ride my bike and how I ride it Um, they were very much saying like it would probably be the best bike for me for this particular ride however if I do go with the TCX SX uh, from Giant it's one of those bikes that I am not going to not have a good time on because it is a bit of a live, lovely ride. However, I will be, if I do go with that bike, I might actually be turning over that bike or flipping it very quickly uh, to sell just because it doesn't suit the type of riding I foresee myself doing, if that all makes sense. So I think for the long-term project, I'm going to go with uh, a Search XR, um, but I am... The reason why I haven't pulled the trigger on any of this is twofold. One is uh, financial stuff. Uh, I am saving up to buy the bike, so there's that going on. And then two is um, my boss has expressed interest in sponsoring my effort uh, to some degree. So with that being said, he might just supply me with what we have available in stock. So if that's the case, then I'll just be riding something that the store has. And if that's the case, I got to just make do with that, if that all makes sense. So if it's a sponsorship type situation, then uh, I'm going to be riding whatever the boss gives me kind of thing. So if that's the case, and I think that's sort of where things might be going, um, I might just have to hold off on the Norco search uh, for the following year uh, and go that route. But you know what? whatever bike I got, I'm going to have a great time and all that fun stuff. I just wanted to give some quick insights as to uh, my mindset at the moment. So on the side flip, uh, on the bike shop side, uh, there we go. That's what I wanted to say. Um, On the bike shop side of things, some very cool stuff. Um, Alex and I, uh, who's also, Alex is known as hot noodle. If you ever wanted to know, um, I'll let him ever explain that, and I'll have his audio up of him picking uh, Team Ikea. And he did send me a photo of a EF Cannondale J-Pack, or J-Pack Cannondale uh, rider. I think he's the Sweden champion, and he's actually riding by an Ikea, and his jersey matches the outside facade of the of the business there. Um, 
which got me laughing hysterically. I thought it was the funniest thing ever. But it looks like a really sweet kit. I got to give him up. Uh, that's really sweet kit. Um, but on the bike shop side of things, we installed a Easton Cycling Power Cinch power meter. Um, now, Easton has released this crank set that is essentially a three-piece crank set, very similar to a BMX uh, crank set where two crank arms are attaching onto a spindle that they both share um, and on the drive side there's a crank uh, sorry a chain ring set that is attached to the drive side obviously and um, that's how this works but uh, Easton have developed a power meter that is actually the spindle so the power meter strain gauges is actually hidden within the center point of the bike now i don't think that's going to add realistically any differentiated mass um to the bike that you wouldn't already have if that makes sense it's a center balance point of your bike so adding mass to that particular area is totally okay in my opinion um and it's also going to give a lot of very like to me from an engineering understanding point viewpoint um i think that the power meter hidden in the spindle is actually a great idea because it, that's where a lot of the torque of the bike does happen and flex does happen for what kind of power you're going to put in um so having said that it's very exciting that it's going on to the essentials bike hopefully his wife is not listening to these podcasts at all um i i apologize for throwing him under the bus on this but it's uh, a very sweet little piece of tech. I'm actually very excited to see how uh, Russell slash The Essential does enjoy this power meter. He does have a 4i precision uh, power meter on his road bike. So him jumping to a different system platform, uh, we'll call it, uh, on his gravel slash cyclocross bike. I'm excited to see what the results are, how accurate it is, um, how well it pairs to his head unit, and hopefully I'll have a bit of a review from him. Also in other news that I can relate is uh, ticket sales are actually doing fairly well. Um, we are selling quite a few for the Cops for Kids fundraiser that's happening in March. But on the prize side of things, uh, I was pretty stoked that Paul, who's feeling a little under the weather right now, so do feel better, Paul, um, sent me a photo of Jeremy Power's signature or signed uh, kit uh, that he's uh, donated for fundraising. Um, very, very cool. I gave a shout out on Instagram and uh, Jeremy Powers actually responded back to me directly uh, saying that it was very cool that I posted that up and this and that. However, it's Paul's photo. So I kind of feel weird just shouting out someone's photo I was excited about. Um, Still am excited about. And uh, we got to actually talking Jeremy and I and I was very much interested in uh, how he is scaling back his cyclocross racing efforts and what he's going through on that. He didn't want to share too, too much because he's still figuring it out. Um, Jeremy does have a heart condition that he is taking care of, but his second place at uh, U.S. Nationals this past year um, showed that he is very much uh, a contender, but I feel that someone who wants to perform at such a high level of the sport coming in second doesn't quite do it, you know, for uh, athletic accomplishment. Um, however, he is a four-time U.S. champion, so you got to give it up to him for, you know, 
if he goes away uh, or walks away from the sport, he's um, he's going out on top, and you don't want to see your heroes sort of fade away. However, he is one of these people that is a bit of an entrepreneurial uh, figure in cyclocross, so I do see him coming back in terms of maybe showing more behind the barriers YouTube vlog style uh, footage, um, maybe even a podcast. He's very entertaining to listen to. Uh, I love to see a Spotify playlist. These are all just hot off the top, uh, off the top of my head, hot ideas, I should say, um, that he can totally steal and take and like do well with, because um, I would consume all that content. And yeah, uh, let it be known that I will be putting pretty much almost all my doll hairs uh, into the ticket bin for uh, Jeremy Powers' kit. So um, yeah, you know what? Maybe people shouldn't show up to this thing so that way I have a better chance of winning. I'm, ju- I'm just going to put it out there. So if you don't want me to win, I think you should buy a ticket and try and win the prizes from me. So um, yeah, that's a throwdown. Throw it down to anyone who wants to win that stuff. I'm calling you out. Buy tickets if you don't want me to win. All right, guys. I think that's going to be it for this episode of Bike Shop Boyfriend. If you got any questions, comments, hit me up here on Anchor.fm. You can hit me up also on Twitter. That's D-U-S-T-I-N-W-H-T. Also as that's my Instagram handle. Same thing. Uh, you can hit me up in the DMs. And if you can, uh, maybe hit up a review. Uh, let me know actually what you think of this uh, podcast overall. Um, this is the 26th episode now. And yeah, I don't think I've actually asked anyone to leave me a review. But if you have the time, leave me a review on Spotify, Google Play, and iTunes. I believe this is all going to be available at so yeah let me know what you think i'm very very curious so um as always this is a bit of a work in progress but i hope you enjoyed the show and stay tuned we got more stuff coming up